the righteousness of faith. Father, we come before you and before your word, expecting to receive from you wisdom from heaven, insight into your word that will build into our hearts and cause us to live on a higher level than we ever have before, living with you, living for you, living from you, and doing things that we could not do in and of ourselves because you are with us, relying on your goodness and your righteousness to take us up to a higher level of living and maturity and action in word and in deed, in the name of Jesus. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, and we're going to read on into chapter 6. We're going to talk about the act or the action of righteousness, doing righteousness, doing right. Now when I say doing right and the act of righteousness, I'm talking about the righteousness of God. I'm talking about righteousness on His level. I'm talking about not doing what's right for me or doing what a foolish person would consider right or even a fallen man, just a degenerate man. We are the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith in His blood, by faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And by faith, we received and were made in our very inner being the righteousness of God. We are right. All those who have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved are the righteousness of God. Now righteousness is from faith to faith because the just shall live by faith. Now with that clear, I'm talking about as a righteous man doing righteousness. And also, specifically here in Matthew 6, not just doing righteousness the way the Father would do it on His level, like Him, with His ability, with the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit enabling us and blessing us to do it. We're not doing this alone. It is by faith, and faith is based on His Word. Faith comes by hearing His Word. Faith comes by putting that Word into our heart, into our mouth, speaking it, and then acting on it. And as we do, the Holy Spirit meets us with the power of His blessing and the anointing to cause our actions to actually be like He would do, like Jesus, like the Master Himself. Now in Matthew 5, Verse 48, Jesus was already teaching here, and we're going to just pick it up here and then flow into chapter 6. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. This is Jesus quoting from Leviticus chapter 19. And also, First Peter brings this up, and it's got to do with be holy as your Father which is in heaven is holy. So he calls being perfect and being holy one and the same. The Amplified says, therefore you must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind 
and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly Father is perfect. As your heavenly Father is perfect. The proper height of virtue and integrity is the height of the integrity and the virtue of the Father. That's His righteousness. So, follow along if you can. If not, listen up closely. Matthew 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not your righteousness before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward with your Father which is in heaven. Now down in verse 4 he says, Thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret himself shall reward thee openly. He just called doing righteousness alms. Alms is doing righteousness, giving to the poor as an act of love, giving charity, is righteousness. It's doing righteousness. This is what Jesus said. Now when you go down to verse 6, he says, When you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. So there it is again. In verse 1, he says, doing righteousness. In verse 4, he says, your alms in secret, which is righteousness, is rewarded openly by the Father. So then he says, now when you're praying in secret to the Father, which is doing righteousness, the Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. In verse 18, he calls fasting doing righteousness. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. How would you like to have reward from the Father himself? How would you like to do righteousness, not to be seen of men, not to be noticed, not for credit, not for accolades, not for someone to pat you on the back and say you did a really good job, as nice as compliments are and as good as they make us feel, I would much rather, and I believe you would too when you really understand this, it's much better to be rewarded of the Father. The Father which sees in secret, it's hidden. No one else knows. It's between you and Him alone. He will reward you openly. What kind of reward can the Father give? He's got no limits. We're talking about the Father, the Creator of heaven and earth and all that in them is. If anyone knows how to reward, He knows how to reward. He said unto Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, He said, Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. He said that to Abraham after Abraham turned down all the wealth and all the spoil that he got from a war, which he won, and on top of that also gave tithes. He didn't keep any of it. That war cost him. When he fought and got back his nephew Lot in Genesis chapter 14 going on into 15, it cost him. It cost him time. It cost him energy. He had to take his servants. He had to pay his servants. They all had to eat. They had to be trained. They had weapons. The weapons probably got used up or or dull or you know whatever they were using. It was effort and it was costly. 
and he took nothing of it. And Abraham was told by God, I am your exceeding great reward. Whoa. Well, we know that Abraham was exceedingly rich. He was majorly wealthy. He had the blessing on him. He received a child through his barren wife, who was once barren, who no longer is barren, supernaturally. He became the father of many nations. He's the father of our faith and the new covenant is hooked up with that. <laughs> We're Abraham's seed through Jesus Christ, an heir according to the promise. That blessing of Abraham is ours. Oh, you need to read it. Oh, you need to read it. Read Genesis 12 through 22, and then even up to 24, and then go on into Deuteronomy, and read chapter 6 and 7 and 28. Oh, in Galatians chapter 3, it's all over the place. The blessing of the Lord, His blessing, the righteousness of God on you is His reward to you. He's going to do righteousness. Matthew 6, 33, He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How would you like all things to be added unto you simply by seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first his righteousness. What's his righteousness? His doing right for you. You do right for him in secret. You do right in secret, not to be seen of men, but to be seen of the Father. And the Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. He will do his righteousness for you. That's grace. That's a gift. That's free favor from God. He said all these things would be added unto you. What things? Well, back up and in verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink for your body, what you're going to put on for your, for your clothing, for your food. Verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much better than they? Which of you, by taking an anxious thought, can add one cubit unto a stature? Can you worry long enough and fret and have anxiety and cause your body to grow? Can your body be healed by worrying? No, it is scientifically proven, and we know it for a fact, that worry and fear causes sickness and disease and the degeneration and breakdown of the body, even to the point of death. So no, you can't add one cubit to your statue. You cannot grow. You cannot increase your lifespan. You can't do anything good by worrying. And verse 28, why do you take thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Look at the lilies. Look at how they grow. They're not toiling. They're not spinning. They're not working. They're not weaving. They're not making their own clothes. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, the richest man of the old covenant times, the richest man in the Bible that we have record of, in all his glory, in all of his splendor, in all of what he had going for him, in all of that Solomon's kingdom, he was not arrayed like one of these lilies of the field. <laughs> Wherefore, listen to this, if God is so clothed in the grass of the field with those lilies, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He just said, if you had faith in him and did before him in secret and he would reward you openly and you'd receive that by faith, he would clothe you much better than the lilies of the field and much better than Solomon. If you want to know about Solomon, read 1 Kings 10. 4 through 7. 
We're not going to go there, but you can go there yourself. It's good. Verse 31, therefore, take no thought. Don't be anxious. How do you take a thought? Don't talk about it. Don't say it. What are you going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to be clothed with? How are we going to get this job done? What are we going to do about that issue over there? What about the children? What about the job? What about, what about, what about, what about, what about? No. Take no thought saying, what about? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Who are the Gentiles? Those that don't have a covenant. Those that don't have a relationship with God. Those that are without God and without hope in this world. Your Father knows that you have need of all these things. Back in verse 8, he says, Your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask. Prayer is not supposed to be about always asking Him for something. He knows you need it before you ask. The reason you ask is to give Him permission to do. It's the releasing of your faith. It's an act of your will allowing Him to come into your life into your day, into your lifestyle, into your living, and give you these things and allow these things to flow. It's us connecting with Him and working together with Him. But prayer is more communion. Prayer is more fellowship. Prayer is more intercession and loving in the Spirit others who cannot or will not pray for themselves Prayer is agreement with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to get great things done. Prayer is kingdom business to watch over our earth, to watch over our nation, to, to lift up our leaders. This is prayer. Not begging God to do things for us all the time when he's already done it. Hallelujah. Don't take any thought for these things. Your Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you added unto you the amplified says all these things will be given you besides they'll be given you they'll be laid beside you remember we read back at the beginning in chapter 6 verse 1 he says when you do your righteousness don't do it before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father or by the side of your Father which is in heaven. We seek His righteousness. Are you getting this? This is really good. You need to get this. Now, this chapter is in context. It's being perfect and holy and developing and living and doing even as our Father does on His level. And Jesus goes all the way through this chapter. I didn't read every verse. You need to read through it. He's talking about almsgiving as being doing righteousness. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about fasting. He goes on to talk about how we handle our wealth, how we handle our heart, uh, what we do with our focus, what are we focused on, who we consider our source to be. Is our source the Father? Or is our source the world and its systems and its ways and, and what other men can do for us? He goes on to talk about how we handle our thoughts and how we handle our words. So remember, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His doing of righteousness. His righteousness is what He did and is doing for you. What you do for Him 
and with him in secret, he'll reward you openly. Seek what only he can give. This is grace. He's the giver. Romans 4.16 tells us it is a faith so that it might be given by grace. Now he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, the kingdom of God, if you read Matthew, well, yeah, it is in Matthew, but I'm specifically talking about Mark. Let's go over to Mark. It's in Matthew 13, but the details I'm talking are in Mark. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read about the kingdom of God, because we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, both. So, what's Mark 4 say? Jesus speaking, Jesus still teaching, it's the same teacher. Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares, or the worry, the anxieties, distractions of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and he, the man, becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground. This is the word of God that landed on the good ground, in the good man's good heart that was clean, such as hear the word, receive the word, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, and some a hundredfold. And then down in verse 26, so is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knows not how, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear, and when the fruit is brought forth, or when the fruit is ripe, when the fruit permits, it's ready, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. When the fruit is ripe, when it permits. It's like picking an apple or a raspberry or anything like that. There's a certain point where there's no effort in harvesting it. It's, it's almost like if you don't pick it, the vine or the tree is going to spit it off. It's right there. But if you try to pick it premature, you got to tug, and it's either not going to be ripe, it's not going to be finished, it's not going to be sweet, or you're going to damage it pulling it off. might even break a limb off a tree pulling on the apple or pull off stems on the vine of the, uh, the from the stalks on the raspberries whichever you get the point there so the kingdom of God is sowing seed into the ground well in the ground when you sow a seed in the ground you don't see it it's being done in secret well it's rewarded openly how you end up with fruit the kingdom of God sowing seed what's the seed the sower sows the word he's sowing the word so the kingdom of God represents me you receiving faith from his word it is sowing the seed of the word into the ground of your heart then guarding that seed watering that seed giving time for the roots to grow down and the tree to rise up and continuing until fruit forms and it is ripe. then when the fruit permits putting in the sickle what's the sickle putting the sickle in by word 
and by deed and allowing grace to manifest the word in a 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold harvest. <laughs> the sickle. Isaiah 41 verse 15 tells you, if you read that, that your threshing instrument, your sickle, is your mouth. It's what you say. The key instrument for reaping harvest from the seed sown in your heart is speaking. If you study Jesus' ministry, the vast majority and most of what he did was done with words. And if he did do actions, the actions followed or were combined with. But words far away what he did with mere action alone. I don't, I don't know anything he did with just action alone. Everything Jesus, he did it with speaking. Read Genesis 1, the creation of the earth. It was word and deed. The Father spoke it, and the Holy Spirit caused it to be. Hallelujah. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that doing righteousness is an action born out of your righteous nature. So seek first the kingdom of God and seek his righteousness and all the things that you're looking for in your life will be added unto you. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.